is everybody doing out there? This is Chrysalis Sun, your favorite hostess out here in these podcast streets with Be The Vibe Radio. And I am checking in. Um, it is April 13th, 2020. And how's everybody doing out there with this quarantine? You know, we are still on lockdown. <laughs> Shit is still crazy. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, you know, I haven't really given too much conversation to the coronavirus um, because my energy is definite and my focus is definitely in other areas. But, <laughs> you know, I definitely want anyone who's listening to this podcast three years from now, five years from now to know just how crazy this shit is. Yo, like we, the world is seriously on punishment. Like we can't do anything. Um... You know, a lot of us are unable to work, unfortunately. A lot of us are losing income. You know, a lot of us, um, you know, businesses are shutting down, people getting laid off. But then it's just the day-to-day stuff that we can't do. Like, you know, Walmart trips look different. Doctor's appointments are getting canceled. Like, you know, the gas has gone down. So I've like, I love that. Um, you know, but it, this is like, I... <laughs> Like today, I couldn't even, I wanted to take, um, you know, still to Shaman Hand's, uh, you know, uniform to the dry cleaners to get dry cleaned. And I don't know what I was thinking because I'm thinking dry cleaning is, is essential. Apparently it's not. So, of course, you know, it wasn't open. And I'm like, damn, you know, so there was that. And, you know, y- your girl still can't get her edges snatched. So I'm all walk- walking around here looking crazy with these with this new growth. My edges is, I'm glad this is a podcast. I'm glad y'all can't see me on a video. <laughs> but I say all that to say that this whole thing has literally affected every aspect of our lives. And... Yeah, it's been crazy. So if you're, you know, if it's, you know, 2025 or 2028 and you listen to this podcast, just know that, you know, the, the COVID-19, this shit was wild. <laughs> it was wild <laughs> for those of us living through it. Anyways, um, but I love the fact that we are at home. Things are slower. Things are stiller. And we are definitely having the time to really just kind of tap into things that we wanted to tap into. So I, I see a lot of people picking up new hobbies. I see people getting into their art. I see people, you know, starting new projects and businesses. And that's the beautiful side of this whole thing. So with that being said, I definitely am wanting to pump out a f- several more podcasts. So I typically average about two to three podcasts a month. But this month I may pump out about four Maybe five, because I have a lot of things I want to talk about. And I got a lot of time on my hands to do it. So, with that being said, I felt like tonight was the perfect night and the perfect time to do another uh, edition of Unpopular Opinion. And I'm going to tell you guys, I love y'all, because you guys gave me such a great feedback on my first uh, installment of the Unpopular Opinion. I definitely appreciate how you guys reached out to me and told me how it resonated with you and how... It helped you and you got so much clarity from it. So that definitely keeps me motivated. I love you guys' feedback. I always appreciate your feedback. So definitely never hesitate to reach out to me and tell me how these podcasts are working for you. So with that being said, what is tonight's topic? What is the unpopular opinion for today? This is the topic. There's a fine line between being spiritual and being psychotic. <laughs> Don't you guys love my little evil laugh? Yes, I want to talk about this because real talk, y'all, there is some serious mental illness that goes on in the spiritual community. And nobody really says anything because it's a lot of just like complacency, a lot of just like dangerous acceptance of the obvious. Um... And I'm just like, no, that's not good. It's not good because I've seen a lot of... Okay, so you guys know that I'm also a a practitioner, a a holistic healing practitioner. I get a lot of clients that come to me. A lot of people that come to me for energy healing, um, you know, different things and such. And a lot of times people come to me to undo the work that another spiritualist has done on them. Because they've had an experience with that spiritualist that really fucked them up. And the reason why is because that spiritualist, their mind, their mental 
capacity just was not all the way there and so but nobody really talks about it like it's almost like in the spiritual community it's a it's anything goes it's like a free-for-all and I don't I just can't vibe with that you know I can't vibe with that so I'm like yo I need to talk about this I need to talk about the rampant mental illness that I see in the spiritual community because I want to spark a dialogue about it but also Put some things out there, let y'all know that it's not normal and it's not okay. So I have been a, a part of the spiritual community for a long time. Um, I want to say, let's see, about since about 2010. So yeah, a good 10 years that I really kind of completely dove in into you know the spiritual realm and the spiritual community. So I've seen a lot. I seen a lot um, at like before when I was just you know on my own path do my own work and then I've seen a lot after as I became a, a practitioner and working with others so I've seen it on both sides of the spectrum and so what have I seen okay I've seen predators and and not just sexual predators but like scammers you know people who prey and exploit on others I've seen narcissists, and I'm talking about the clinical definition of narcissist, which I talked about in my last uh, unpopular opinion. I've seen addicts, and I'm talking about actual substance abuse addicts, but just people with addiction tendencies. So these are the people who, you know, they go from, you know, being alcoholics and doing hard drugs to now they want to do ayahuasca every week and they want to trip out on shrooms to have a spiritual experience or people who have um, kundalini syndrome, which is, you know, it's something I may or may not talk about or get back to a little bit later. But um, if you don't, if I don't address it, if I forget, look that up. Kundalini syndrome, that's an actual thing. Um, I've seen cult leaders and despots. Um, you know, people who are, and this kind of goes back into the narcissist, you know, people who are narcissists also tend to be, have cult leader type, um, energies. And I, uh, if I really wanted to be messy, I can name names. <laughs> I can name names, but I, and I won't do it, you know, because I already, you know, de dealt with a lot by name dropping. But what I will say is that, you know, you can identify these people because, you know, they, they create this whole persona and usually it's an internet persona and then they turn around and they create these groups and they're like the 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 soul it's almost like they create an energy and they grab they have people gravitate towards them that want to worship them and you know unquestionably following them and everything they say and do and prescribe and 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 uh, recommend you know that's that cult leader type that tyrant um dictator type attitude i've seen people with bipolar and personality disorders chemical imbalances hormonal imbalances and and other like mental diagnosable mental illnesses um and i've just seen people with no clear delineation between reality and fantasy now this last one is tricky because you know when we're in the realm of spirituality you know it could it could blur it's easy for it to blur um but that's when you have to have certain practices and things in place that you help you check your reality you know, getting divinations, performing readings for yourself, grounding exercises like, you know, because, yes, the spiritual world is magical and it, you know, it's the unseen. But there is a way that the spiritual manifests in the physical and a tangible way that could be cross referenced and checked you know, fact checked in a sense or, you know, and so and I may do a whole other podcast about that. But my point is that I've been seeing people who live in this complete, I'd be like, where are you? You know, because even if we're diving into spirituality, we still have to function in this, in this physical realm. And, you know, you still got to have certain things in place. And you have to, you know, have certain things going on. And you can't just use spirituality as a means to just bypass, you know, the things that you need to take care of in the physical realm. And so, but I see too many people who get into spirituality and then they use that as an excuse to just check out a reality so those are the things that i've seen and you know it's i mean you know i really kind of want to be messy but 
you know, for those who are listening to this, you can probably already start to think of some people or think of some situations or even possibly you may be thinking about the ways that you've kind of been in, you know, with these certain characteristics. All right. So because I love y'all and you know me, I can only be me. I'm going to hit y'all with some hard reality, some hard facts. Okay. And these are some things that I've seen and experienced over the course of my own, you know, path, my own journey. All right. And y'all probably some of y'all probably ain't going to like what I'm about to say. But this is this is this is what it is. So the first thing I'm going to hit y'all with this fact is that it's this spirituality is not something you play in or play with. Okay. It's Pandora's box. Once you open it, it's open. Ain't no shutting that shit back. Ain't no, you know, walking away. It's not, you know, something you dabble in. It don't work like that. Once you open Pandora's box, that shit is blown open. It's a portal. And now you done tapped into all kinds of stuff, okay? Um, It's not a game. It's not something you play with. So because of that, you have to have a strong mind, a strong and solid mind. That's the reason why when people come to me, I always recommend that they start with meditation. You know, they come to me like, oh, I want to open up my third eye. I want to open up my crown. And I'm like, okay, um, but you got to have the basics in order to have a strong foundation in order to even tap into that stuff, right? So you have to have a strong mind. You have to have a solid knowledge of self. You must have a solid grounding practice, you know, like I mentioned. Um, the reason why is because... You know, once you get into spiritual stuff, then you're starting to deal with beings and spirits, um, you know, that are not of this realm. So you must have a solid, well, not only that, you start tapping into knowledge and abilities and powers that, you know, if you're not fully uh, rooted in who and what you are, you could really either do some damage to yourself and others um or you can really really just kind of go crazy literally and i'm gonna talk about a little bit in detail about that part but yes you you this is not something you play with so you before you get started in this or if you're a beginner or even if you're on the path and you kind of you know things are not really going so well you need to go back to square one you know you need to go back to square one and you need to develop your mind um, develop your, your knowledge of self and really start incorporating some, some regular grounding practices, things that will keep you rooted in, in this realm. The other thing is you must know your spiritual limits, okay? Everybody can do everything. Actually, it's, it's, these, are, these are both hand in hand. You must know your spiritual limits and, because every practice ain't for everyone, okay? Um, for example... A lot of times for those of us who are um, practitioners of the ATRs, Africa traditional religion, a lot of us are not just in one. A lot of times, um, especially those of us who are in the diaspora, because we have a, a, a multitude of lineages, we usually, once we get licensed in one, a lot of times we end up getting the door open for us to initiate in multiple. You know, so for example, for me, I am initiated in uh, Lukumi. But I also have um, some dealings with Haitian voodoo because of my lineage, right? Now, there's also some other practices, though, you know, and I'll tell you this, too. Um, you know, I was told by an elder during a, a reading that I actually have the ashe to work with any type of tradition from any culture, you know, so if I wanted to go and, you know, do pujas at the Hindu temple, I can um, you know, if I wanted to, uh, dive into the Kabbalah, I could, um, so I have that license, but that doesn't necessarily mean I want to because I know my limits, right? So for me, um, uh, I have a couple of, uh, earthly or, uh, primal shamanic type, uh, practices that I engage in because I like that. I like the dark arts. I like shadow work. I like left hand magic. I like 
working with roots and bones and dirt and blood and you know the 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 more um you know <laughs> the more the dirtier you know aspects you know i like the i like the, the grimy aspects of things you know the, i i'm very much inclined to the rawness of things that's my nature however because i know myself and i like and i know my limits and i know what i you know what i'm inclined towards i do i get engaged at up to a certain point okay so there's certain practices that i would never involve myself in not because i can't not because it scares me but because nah a bitch knows her limits <laughs> okay <laughs> a bitch knows her limits i know what i need to be doing and i know what i need to be leaving the hell alone okay you have to be honest about that okay just because i can you know do work and and do a certain things with Haitian voodoo doesn't mean that the next person can and should. You know, um, just because I'm initiating Lukumi doesn't mean that, you know, the next person should be. You know, and, and vice versa. Just, you know, so again, you got to know your limits. You got to know your limits. Every practice ain't for everyone. Um, the other harsh reality is you have to know how to differentiate between you and them. And when I say them, I say that in quotations. The reason why I say that is because for those of us who are into this craft and into spirituality, we start, we get to a certain point where we start working with spirits, deities, um, elementals, um, otherworldly beings. Especially for those of us who are mediums, we have a, a natural inclination to attract these beings and, and or channel them be a vessel for them for those of us who are in the atr we call that being mounted or getting possessed right so there's that but then there's also those of us who have that one or two strong spirit that even though we're not technically being mounted or possessed that spirit's influence is always present and there and if we don't know the difference between ourselves and that that spirit we could mistake that energy for ourselves and i've seen it i mean and you could see it too in the spiritual community these are the people that kind of almost take on us a, a persona or a character or caricature and there's these are the people that want to dress up like a a, a a gypsy or a fairy or you know unicorn or a certain deity or a certain um you know spirit and or uh, but a, a, a it's almost like a character that they put on and this is that this what that really is is that the presence of that spirit that is a spirit guide um sometimes sometimes it's not sometimes it's an, an attachment um and, and not a good attachment that's a whole other conversation but basically what my point is that it's an energy that is outside of this person that is on them and instead of that person differentiating between themselves and these spirits or guides or energies or attachments they're taking on and thinking that that energy is them you know so for example i got quite a few spirits on me that or around me that I could easily um if I really didn't uh ground myself and didn't uh differentiate I could easily pretend like not pretend but I could easily get caught up in this is me you know I have a, a spirit that likes to you know wear long skirts and uh loves fans or in <laughs> you know and she is like an, an old woman that likes to who has that energy you know and i could easily walk around wearing these skirts and carrying a fan um well sometimes i do walk around carrying fans but then i got to be careful with that so that's a, you know that's a sidebar but I have another spirit that's a gypsy and I could easily walk around with the, um, you know, uh, belly dance skirts and, you know, the gypsy outfits and, you know, and be in that energy. Um, I have a Hindu spirits on me. I could easily dress up in a sari and, you know, and, um, and, and we're wearing bendies and, you know, henna, <laughs> you know, and, but the thing is, is that it, that's not me. 
That's not necessary for that to be a part of my day-to-day thing. That could be done if you're trying to invoke that spirit, commune with that spirit, or do work with that spirit. But I don't need to go out to the grocery store in a sorry. You know, I don't need to to sit and, um, you know, go do whatever and 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 go to events in a big you know hoop skirt (laughs) so that's my point you have to know and differentiate between who you are and between you and them and part of that goes back to of course having that knowledge of self another hard fact for y'all initiation ain't for everyone and i cannot stress this enough y'all like You know, my issue is, okay, when I say initiation, let me back up. I'm talking about initiation into the African traditional religion. Um, I'm actually talking about any initiation because we're not the only ones that do it. There's always, you know, a, for any real spiritual lineage or practice, there is initiation. I know Wiccans have covens that they have specific uh, degrees of initiation for. Um, I know um, Tantra, Tantric lineages have initiations um different i know there's a uh you know specific like different um hoodoo groups um that have initiations and things so initiation isn't just reserved for the african traditional religion um you know indigenous cultures you know for those who have native american lineage or uh polynesian or um you know uh island um any uh, uh uh um heritage there's certain initiations that they do you know with their medicine um uh elders so i just wanted to throw that out there because i don't want to act like or say, i make give the impression that african traditional religions are the only ones that initiate do initiations so with that precursor um that disclaimer it's not for everybody because i'm gonna tell you you guys initiation is an intense 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 fucking experience okay first of all you have to have the right elder to facilitate it you have to be in the right environment with the right people who are holding the space while you're going through the initiation and you have to be mentally prepared for it and i'm saying and i'll be honest with you nothing really prepares you for the actual experience of initiation i've had a few of them so far and i will tell you no matter how many times it don't it you, nothing prepares you but you have to at least be mentally um committed and mentally solid in the in in what you're doing before you do it when it comes to initiation um, you also have to have a better, a, a solid understanding as to why you're getting initiated. Um, and you also have to be clear on your own intentions as to why you're getting initiation, initiated. Okay. So with that being said, it's not for everybody. It's like the same thing that I've seen, um, being a part of a sorority. So I'm a member of a sorority joined back in college, obviously. Um, and you know, there's a whole, you know, a lot of people, you know, you get pledged, you get hazed, you know, it's this whole thing. And a lot of people have came, I've seen come out of pledging a sorority fraternity completely fucked up in the head because of the process and just their own, they already weren't mentally all the way there before they went through the experience. So I seen that same kind of thing happen with certain people when they've become initiated, okay? Um, What it is is that, first of all, a lot of people, initiation um, is, there's degrees to it for most uh, practices. With the ultimate, you know, one being priesthood. So not everybody's meant to get initiated to the level of priesthood. Some people, though, when they get initiated to the lower levels, they are not completely all the way mentally together. And then it really messes them up to go through initiation. Some people go through all these multiple initiations back to back um, within a short period of time. And they don't leave time to integrate the experience. And then that fucks them up. Some people have botched initiations and that fucks them up. 
some people just don't fucking need to be initiated. And the reason why I'm going in about this particular part of the, you know, the hard facts I'm laying out is because I have an issue with priests and priestesses that initiate people who are not mentally there. They're not, don't. It's clear. It'll come. If you're doing a reading or you got your uh, spirit, they're going to tell you somebody ain't right mentally. You know, like I even know when clients come to me, I know if they're mentally not right. And I'm not even a a, a, a priestess. So, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm getting hot. So that's why I'm getting all, you know, passionate. But, you know, these priest or priestesses are determined to grow their, their elay or take people's money. They get, bring these people to them who are mentally not together, put them through this initiation that may or may not be legitimate. The experience fucks them up, and now these people go crazy. Who have, they have mental breakdowns, okay? So initiation is not for everybody, especially if you are trying to chase priesthood. Because really, what priesthood is is you are a custodian of spirit. You are a you know, and this is specifically in the African traditional religions I'm speaking of. Um, when you become a priest or priestess, you are a keeper of spirits that you receive you are also the intermediary or the go-between between the community and the spirits right so if you are mentally weak or if you've got some issues going on and now you you're in charge of not only a community but a household a house full of vessels and spirits you are bound to fail you are going to be isn't you are, <laughs> oh my god I can't even stress how fucked up you're going to be with that. And I've seen it. I have seen it so many times where people go through initiations and they come out crazy. I've seen a situation. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. Actually, I'm going to save that for later because I'm actually going to provide y'all with some life examples of what I'm speaking of. But I'm going to move on. Okay. Again, just keep in mind initiation ain't for everybody. Um, the other hard fact is you have to regularly work on your mental health, okay? You ha- and I, you know, this is a thing for people of color. We don't do well with mental health. Mental health is a, 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 a an issue with us because of you know a lot of different systematic reasons, cultural reasons, social social economic reasons. But I am a fierce advocate for therapy. I'm a fierce advocate for. Um, going to a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist. I've done it. It's worked wonders. Other people in my, you know, my circle who've done it, it, it's worked wonders for them. You need to have that type of experience with a neutral, trained third party to help you unpack your shit, especially as you're going through the spiritual journey. Because you will have moments where you will question your sanity. You will have moments where it will bring up things for you that you thought you fixed, things that you thought you've healed. Um, it will, you know, trigger certain things in you that will make you kind of, you know, a little off. So you have to constantly work on your mental health. Okay? The reason why is because of this other fact I'm about to drop for y'all. Spirituality amplifies who you are on your core character. So if, because at that point you get to a certain part in your spiritual path where you are exuding what's going on on the inner realm. Like you, the more you go on your spiritual path, the more the masks fall off, especially if you're dealing with other spiritualists. So if your spiritual practice is amplifying who you are, then it's going to reveal you're crazy. <laughs> okay and so that's the reason why you have to consistently and continuously work on your mental health throughout this process another hard fact you have to baby step you can't rush the process of your spiritual journey you know people come to me sometimes and they be wanting to go from kindergarten to phd and i'm just like i don't be understanding what people are thinking because it's like our life doesn't work like that. You know, our life is a progression of our experiences and our learning curve. Like what makes people think that spirituality doesn't work the same way? You know, so the reason why this is even more important with when it comes to mental health and spiritual practices is because you have to integrate things, right? 
So before, you know, a little bit earlier, I mentioned initiation and how some people will go from like one initiation to the other to the other, like, you know, subsequently, like quickly. Um, I don't understand how people do that because I have had, um, let me see, one, two, three, four initiations um, within a year and a half. Um, three in one tradition and and one in a different tradition, another um, practice. And um, I had waited months, you know, so I got one initiation, one ceremony, waited four months, got the other. I didn't get the third one until like, oh, seven months after the second one. Um, and then let me see. No. No, five months after the second one. And then after that, I ended up with the last ceremony I got in the different tradition. I had got that one two months after um, my my last one. But after that ceremony, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm good. Like, I I mean, there's more things I need to do. But no, I need to really integrate this energy. So that's my point. You know, you have to baby step. You have to integrate, you know, um, everything that I've done, every practice I've had from yoga to meditation to tantra. I've has spent months and years cultivating before I moved on to the next thing. Um, so you have to baby step. You have to fully integrate before you move on because it really could drive you crazy. Like you really could have some psychotic breaks. Um, dabbling on all these things, you know, multiple practices, back to back, major, you know, breakthroughs, major spiritual experiences. Um, and then you're not allowing your, your yourself to really absorb and bring that experience into your current reality and integrate it into your, your daily life. Um, the next hard fact is that spirituality is not an escape for, for real healing. And I need to really, you know, emphasize this because, I, you know, as a, as a spiritualist and a healing practitioner, um, I see it a lot, too, where people will, you know, we call it spiritual bypassing, you know, where people will use spirituality as, as, a, as a reason, excuse and a, a platform to just completely ignore work that they need to be doing on themselves. And I see it more so with people who wake up tomorrow, decide that they're spiritual. And then the day after that, they want to be a healer. You know, a lot of the healers out there, spiritual healers use the, the platform of healing others as an excuse to not focus on their own healing. And I have, I very much take issue with that um, because I'm a very strong advocate of you have to take your own medicine first. Um, I was doing work on myself for five years before I started working with other people. Um, and I started working with other people as it first started with me, you know, doing work on my partners, healing work on my, 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 you know, romantic partners. And then it kind of branched out you know, from there, but it was never my intention to go in and just decide I wanted to heal the world. Like that was definitely not my thought when I started picking up these spiritual practices and spiritual things, like definitely not. Um, even with doing readings, like I was doing tarot readings for myself for three years before I started doing them for some, for other people. And I had one person I was doing them for, for two years after that, before I even started opening it up to taking like clients so you have to be in a space of doing your own work and you know taking your own medicine but also understanding that the spirituality is not there to distract you from what you really need to be doing and that's actually the biggest issue that I see in the spiritual communities of people all in these, you know, these sister circles and these um, ayahuasca ceremonies and these sweat lodges. And they're not <laughs> working on their own shit. You know, they're not, you know, they, they go home and their lives, their lives are in shambles because once all that stuff is done and over with, you still have a, a host of things that you have to 
addressed and you're not addressing them. So, um, that actually segues into my next hard fact, which is it's important to be around and a part of the right spiritual community. And the reason why I say this is because when you got one person that's crazy, that's one thing. But then when you start gathering a group of crazy ass people, that's when the shit really gets dangerous. Okay. And I've been in situations like I don't go to drum circles anymore. I stopped going to sweat lodges unless they were initiated or facilitated by actual trained Native American um, uh, facilitate, you know, like indigenous elder that was trained and that could actually really facilitate the sweat lodge um i don't do um a lot of things i don't do i don't engage in and groups unless it is facilitated by my elay my elders um, my spiritual community my god siblings or other trusted elders within the same you know group you know spiritual lineage or community because um for one, like I said, it could get crazy, but then you got a bunch of crazy people sanctioning the behavior of a bunch of other crazy people. And there's then then at that point it's a group think and then at that point there's nobody questioning anything because then you're coming into this group and you're like, "Well, all these people say that this is normal, so it must be normal." And I'm always the odd one out like, "No the fuck it ain't." But another reason why it's important to be around the right spiritual community is because you got to have people around you that'll sit you down and be like, girl, what is you doing? Or dude, what is you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I am blessed to have elders around me that will pull me aside and be like, okay, Chrysalis, what is this? (laughs) This is a little out of order. You know what I'm saying? You know, you kind of, you kind of wilding out out here. You know, um, you know, before when I wasn't within the right group of people, I was in doing all kinds of things that just weren't really uh, realistic or sustainable. And nobody was saying anything to me, you know, because I was dealing with a lot of bunch of other crazy people who were doing the same, you know, shit. So nobody was around to say this may not be it for you, girl. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't until I, I shifted my my uh, group or shifted kind of my, my circle that I started having people that pull me aside and be like, yo, like, okay, yeah, you may want to rethink how you're approaching life because this you ain't living in reality right now. You may have to make some changes, some hard choices. You know, I had, it wasn't until I started getting with elders and they, we would do readings that they would be checking my reality. That's what you need. You need people around you that are going to constructively criticize what the your fuck shit <laughs> you know because that's the only thing that kind of keeps you from going off the deep end when it comes to the spiritual stuff um another hard reality is that you are a spiritual being having a human experience this means that you have to learn how to human <laughs> and you not only do you have to know how to human you have to know how to human adult adulting the human way okay so some of us may need to get full-time jobs some of us may not get to be healing you know make our lives off of being healers and and card readers some of us may only be limited to doing work with our families some of us may you know, not have the uh the the this license to to do, be a priestess, or you know, you may have to have like a regular square ass life and a regular square ass job. You know, some of us we have to not some of us, all of us in this experience have to know how to maintain proper relationships with other people. We have to learn how to live in the matrix. We have to learn how to balance being spiritualist and dealing with day-to-day shit you know as a medium I can't be at work you know and getting messages from for my you know because I'll be at work and my co-worker spirit they ancestors be coming to me all the time trying to give me messages to tell them trying to you know uh trying to get me to 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 tell them things I'm like I'm at work y'all like I'm not no I'm turning this off 
if you know like to give tell your people to come to me for a reading outside of work but right now i'm about to be doing this nine to five shit because i'm not about to be all you know uh you know woo woo up here in this <laughs> in this job you know what i'm saying like sometimes it has to be like that so you know we have to learn how to human we have to learn how to live in this world we have to learn how to function we have to learn how to deal with people you know that you can't just become spiritual and decide that that you are going to just leave that on the table because that's truly honestly not an option and i've seen the people who have tried and attempted to do that fail horribly like i've seen their lives completely fall apart because they don't know how to manage um i've seen people literally lose their minds and go crazy because they're not they don't have anything that they're engaging in that is keeping them rooted and keeping them in reality. Now they only want to be in the spiritual realm. And that you can't, if that's the case, you should have never incarnated. Okay, so that's enough of the hard facts. I think I've hit you guys with enough of that. So I'm going to talk about some life examples. I want to share with y'all some shit that I've seen. Oh my goodness, I've seen some shit, y'all, out here in these streets. It is wild. And, you know, I've called out a few people. And, you know, y'all who've been following me since, you know, maybe 2016, 2017 know who I've called out um, and who Shaman Hands has called out. But then there's just a lot of people that I just have not called out. Um, And I'm not going to do that. It's not about that. It's not about, you know, dropping dime or anything like that. But I want to just provide you guys with some life examples. Um, One, because it's entertaining. Um, You know, everybody likes some good, you know, good gossip, even though it's. And I will say this, it's not gossip, it's a hard fact, it's, a, <laughs> I love saying hard facts, apparently. It's what I've seen, it's the truth, okay, so it's not gossip, but everybody likes a little bit of drama, everybody likes a little bit of, you know, tea or whatever, so I'm gonna serve a little bit of tea without giving all the tea, so I will describe the people, I'll talk about the situations, I won't drop names, okay, for those of you who, you know, are familiar, you'll pretty much know who I'm talking about, okay, but... The reason why I want to give these life examples because I want you guys to really connect with how real this is and this and how common it is to see this these different aspects of mental illness in the spiritual community. So, first example is a sister here who's in Atlanta. She is um pretty and most of these examples are in Atlanta, which is that's a whole other conversation. But she's in Atlanta. She is not well known per se, but she's got a decent following, um, unfortunately. And, um, she is a prime example of the combination between the cult leader, you know, characteristic and she's definitely a predator. You know, I've definitely seen that on her. Um, so she's got a lot of issues, a lot of mental issues. She really should not be doing any work with anybody else, to be honest with you. Um, because of a lot of the, you know, she's got her own traumas that she's really working through. And I don't knock anybody that's doing their spiritual work, like their healing work. But the issue is that she, um, she hasn't finished that work before she's decided that she wants to work with other people or work on other people. So it's a premature, uh, desire and, uh, you know, um, act, you know, it's a premature desire and, um, initiation of working with other people. You know, she's initiated working with other people, but she hasn't finished her own process. Right. And it shows it's, it's definitely played out in what I've experienced from her directly and what I've seen. Okay. So, you know, this girl, she does retreats. Um, I, I was a gatekeeper for one of her retreats and I kind of saw it then. Okay. And she attracts women to her sister circles. Her focus is specifically, you know, sisters, women, work with women, specifically black women, um, indigenous women, women of color. And she is, um, you know, she, her platform is, um, ancestor work at the time. Now it's evolved to other things and I'll get to that but she called me in to, to help gatekeep at this retreat and it was you know it was it was the retreat was beautiful um a lot it was a lot of breakthroughs and a lot of work with the women 
Um, but there was a lot of behind the scenes drama that occurred leading up to the retreat. The reason why is because this this particular example, the sister, is very easily triggered because she is prematurely doing work on others. So anytime someone, basically, I'm trying to <laughs> choose my words wisely because I'm not trying to just completely like, I'm trying to be mindful of what I say, but while also sharing the, the story, the life experience, but basically the girl is triggered by lack of attention so any time that she feels like she's not getting attention or a certain kind of attention she spazzes out or and she's also very controlling that's that cult leader type energy so it's very extreme for her anytime anybody around her her facilitators the their clients you know the sisters in the in the, in the sister circle are doing anything that's outside of her set standards and her set protocol she freaks the fuck out okay and it turns into this big thing okay this big you know like drum dramatic thing now the reason why this is dangerous too is because now because what she's created this uh circle of people who only think like her do what she wants them to do do things the way she does them she a cult essentially okay um the issue also is that she uses her ability of mediumship because she is a medium she can channel but my thing is she's not fully cognizant of what she's channeling she's not always channeling ancestors Okay, so she's tapping. She she's tapping into these realms and these these things without really fully being rooted or grounded and not really knowing what she's tapping into. And she has, you know, some mental things going on. So it's it's just a recipe for disaster, right? So, but because she's got these women around her who believe in her, who pretty much damn near worship her, um, she goes and she'll say, "I got this message from ancestor," and then everybody will just do it. Okay, um, my attitude is, well, whose ancestor, which ancestor, you know, like, what did they say? Who, why, when, what, you know, but nobody's asking those questions. Right. So long story short, she um, anybody who was opposing her, she fell out with, including myself. Anybody who's still around is unquestionably following her. But now the girl has got initiated. She went off down to who Baba she found in fucking Ghana or Africa, Nigeria, wherever. And she, her crazy ass got initiated. So now she's coming back as a and the initiation, you know, is apparently legitimate. You know, I won't say that it's not. I don't know if it is, though. So it may be illegitimate. It may be not. But she is initiated. Right. So who knows what happened during that and how that's affected her already off mental right now she's back in the but now she has this title of a priestess attached to this cult-like and predator-like character and she's got a sister circle of women that she's doing work with okay so there's that that's one example there's another sister who's not based in in um she's not based in Atlanta. She's actually well, she moves around a lot. Last I heard she was in Vegas. It's actually somebody that I was doing work with. Um and but what I noticed about this sister is she's another medium, another channel. Um but she would is another one that would tap into some realms that she wasn't fully cognizant of what she was dealing with. So she would go on these, you know, these intense meditation, you know, fits of meditation, astral traveling, um, quantum leaping, which, you know, I'll probably do a whole separate uh, podcast about quantum leaping and just kind of the dangers of that. Anyways, if you're not sure, Google quantum leaping. Anyway, she would do all of that, you know, communing with aliens and celestial beings and all of that. However, she's got a history of um, mental breakdowns and she's had a couple suicidal episodes, right? 
So, you know, she's, she would, she would lie. So she would get in this space of non-reality and then wouldn't really be able to tell between what's real and what's not. And then she would just make up shit and think that it's real. And so I kind of had, I started seeing like, you know, her having these, psych- she literally would have psychotic breaks. And, you know, I, before I kind of blocked her off social media i would see her post these videos and these videos she wouldn't even look like herself you know she would be looking like she tapped into some shit and i don't know what it was but it just did not look right and a lot of people would say a lot of the same things you know so that's another example that i give of you know people who are you know not knowing their limits and you know not checking on their mental health if you've got a fragile mental state you've got absolutely no business practicing any type of mediumship or channeling until you get that shit straight out because it will land you in in a a mental ward seriously okay and that's another example um real life example and my third example, and um, I love this example <laughs> because this person actually tickles me. So it's somebody else that um, who's who was well known. I mean, she's kind of fallen off a lot, and I I can see why. Um, but she's very well known um, in um, well, she was known well, very well known with um, like coaching empowerment, and um, specifically, she would do a lot of stuff with Yoni Eggs. Um, she actually gained her her popularity from Yoni Eggs when that was like a big thing when that really blew up, like in two thousand uh, 14, you know, 15, 16. And, um, I actually was working with her a little bit, um, before she just went crazy on me. (laughs) Um, but this is a, a, a woman who is, she's based out of California now. And, um, she would another one see, there's one thing when you're dealing with your spirit guides, your ancestors, and you know, these earthly other, you know, earthly spirits, um, when you're working with, um, you know, deities of the African traditional religions and whatnot. But then when you start working with angels and celestial beings and um, aliens and, you know, entities from other dimensions and things like that. Yes, they're real, but you got to be real fucking careful with that shit because it's nothing for a low vibrational, low level spirit to come into your your space and pretend to be, you know, a, a celestial being. Right. So, you know, this sister would go and she would do a lot of the same things that my previous example, you know, the quantum leaping, the astral traveling, you know, she would work with um, like sigils and, you know, different things like that. Um, But what really did it for me was when she started deciding she wanted to work with the demon. Okay, and. Um, and now mind you, demons are real. I mean, and and there's a whole, you know, demonology is a thing. Um, it is, there's quite a few people who work with demons successfully. Um, I'm definitely not knocking that because demons as, as entities are very much misunderstood. Um, and so as our angels, you know, and I'll probably do a whole, that may be another uh, unpopular opinion, you know, demons versus angels. Um, that I can talk about from my own experience. So I say that to say that there's nothing, you know, because when I when I talk about things, I'm not talking about it from the traditional cr- Christian um, uh, categorizing and mindset. Okay, so I'm not knocking her because she was working with a demon, because that's that is legitimate. But I'm knocking that her because she wasn't really working with the demon. <laughs> She thought she was, you know, and I laugh, you know, because it was actually quite funny. So she decided that she was channeling this demon and, um, and I can't remember the demon's name. Well, I can, but I'm not going to say it. Um, you know, it's actually a real demon that it's got its own following and sigils and things or whatever. And she would do these live um, videos where she would say she channeled this demon and he had messages almost like, you know, Abraham Hicks, you know, type thing. But the the demon version, like the demon edition. (laughs) And I would catch these videos and I honestly would be very embarrassed for her because I could see clearly that she wasn't really 
channeling a demon. She was spiritually hijacked by something. I don't know what it was. Because I've seen when people channel, it's a different. They talk different. They look different. You know, there's they're in they're that other being. They're a vessel for that being for that period of time, and then they come back. There's no going back and forth. There's no you know. A lot of times when people channel um, celestial beings, they black out, and when they come back, they've got pages and pages of notes or some type of weird recording. Right? None of that with this girl. Okay. So she was, and I don't know if the videos are still up on YouTube. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, she's always changing and taking things off her IG. But yeah, that's another, you know, thing. But see, she was already off. You know, even when we would work together, I had to back off and, and I had to um, distance myself from her because I saw it, that she was mentally fragile. Mentally fragile, but coming off as an empowerment coach. But the other issue, though, is that she was also a predator. So she was somebody who would, um, you know, she got trained in sales and she would get a hold in, of these high end, rich, wealthy clients and she would get them for $10,000 for an empowerment, you know, uh, session. So she had that energy. You know, in addition to being mentally fragile and then wanting to tap into these spirits. I'm very much sure she thought she was really channeling this demon, you know, but, um, you know, she wasn't. And I'm pretty sure she realized she didn't because now she took down all the videos and the, you know, the the writings that, you know, she did blog posts about this demon and his messages and, you know, all this things. So um, but the, you see a lot of that, though. You know, people who come and they'll say that, you know, I channeled this and this is what they say. And, you know, um, and some of it is real, but a lot of it's not. Some of it is the actual spirit, but a lot of it is not, you know, but and the only but but I'm going to tell you, too, um, spirits only mount the vessel that can handle them. Spirits don't mount weak ass fucking like the true spirit. Like they're not going to mount no weak ass spirit. They're not going to mount no weak ass vessel. They're not going to mount someone who is not mentally and physically and emotional, emotionally capable of, um, you know, um, channeling them. So if you see somebody who is off. Or ain't all there and all of a sudden they're claiming to be mounted by Oshun. Likely that ain't Oshun. You know, or whoever, you know, whatever else. So, yeah, those are my examples. Um, and, yeah, and I have so many more. But those are the main ones. You know, anything else that I share would just be being petty and messy. And, you know, that's not what this episode is for. But, you know, you guys definitely get the drift of what I'm saying. So, with that being said... I want to close off by just sharing with you, how can you balance this? How can you balance so you're not um, going off the deep end? You know, you're not having these psychotic breaks or, you know, having these episodes of psychosis. And just to define, psychosis is defined as an, an impaired relationship with reality. Hallucinations, delusions. So what can you do to balance that when the spiritual realm could be so murky, okay? My first answer is shadow work. Get to get familiar with your dark side. Accept your dark side. Embrace your dark side. Integrate your dark side. Because you, I tell people you never really know what you're capable of until you really explore your dark side, your shadow. And the reason why this is so important because... When people get into spiritual practice and they start developing their psychic abilities, they start to develop a certain level of spiritual power. And if they don't have a healthy relationship with their shadow, they start doing some real ugly, petty, nasty things with that power. So you have to do your shadow work. That's another way you know you're you're, you're able to identify your spiritual limits. That's, you know, like I told you guys, I know my limits because I know that I like grimy shit you know I like the dirtier and messier and more primal it is the more it appeals to me but because I love that so much I don't you know I know when to stop myself from certain practices it's also the reason why I don't I am very careful about going to spiritual warfare with people because I like I like war 
I like, so, and it can very easily consume me. So, because I know that about myself and my shadow and my tendency towards vengeance and my extreme patience when it comes to revenge, I'm like, I only will engage in that when it's absolutely necessary. That's how you know what you're working with, when you know your shadow. Another way you can balance this is knowledge of self. Um, and this is many different ways you can do that. And learn, you know, ancestor work, uh, astrology, getting divinations, looking into the Mayan astrology, um, Vedic astrology. You can do human design. You can do numerology. You can do, um, you know, the Briggs Myers test and the personality test or whatever, whatever appeals to you, whatever floats your boat when it comes to your knowledge of self. But start really developing that, learning about you. And how, you know, your your blueprint, how you tick, the spirits around you, your ancestors, your lineage. Um, once you have a solid foundation for that, that definitely turns a lot of things around um, and gives you a completely different perspective when it comes to diving into your spiritual work. Um, it also gives your spiritual work more meaning because you understand yourself better. Not only you understand what you need. But you also understand your purpose better, too, when you have that knowledge of self. In addition, learn who's in your spiritual court. Know what the spirits are that are around you. You know, this this is done through, you know, going to Misa, setting up a boveda, um, you know, getting with uh, elders that practice uh, a spiritism um, or spiritualism. When you know about your spiritual court or the spirit guides that you have around you, um, it, for one, again, it helps you differentiate between you and them, but also gives you a very, very solid understanding as to what type of, um, spiritual stuff you can, you can dabble in or what you're good at or what, um, influences you have. I have a ton of water spirits on me, you know, surprising to me, you know, as I've been on this journey, um, but most of the spirits on me are water. Or has some type of water influence. And so I've shifted a lot of what I do knowing that. I started studying water. Going to oceans and rivers and just studying the nature of water. You know, because like attracts like. So the more you start learning about the spirits that you have on you, it lets you know more about yourself and your own vibration. Um, therapy and counseling. I cannot stress this enough. I feel like every spiritualist needs a therapist. Like, go to counseling. Um, help have somebody help you, a professional help you unpack your shit. Um, please address substance abuse because here's what I see happen. People who are into hard drugs and alcohol turn around, become spiritual. And then all they want to do is ayahuasca and, and shrooms. It's the same shit. You're just masking it under. I'm going on these journeys. No, Address your substance abuse because that definitely leads to a lot. I mean, more problems than anything for those who have um, substance abuse problems who become spiritual. You know, that it, it just manifests in a different way that's even more harmful because then at that point you think you have license to ignore that you've got a, a problem. Uh, proper nutrition. That plays a lot. That having proper nutrition definitely helps you balance. This goes back to people who have chemical imbalances. So people who are um, bipolar or depressed. Um, people who have kind of like a slightly schizophrenic um, or autistic tendencies. A lot of that stuff is triggered by the type of nutrition that you have. So I'm not saying be vegan. I'm just saying, you know, you know, certain things like will trigger these emotional or mental breaks um, when it comes to having a chemical imbalance since it's processed sugar. Um, and the last thing that is the most important to balance is to maintain regimens that keep, um, that help maintain your, your chemical imbalances such as depression and bipolar disorder. You know, so I have a, a friend who she is diagnosed with um, depression and um, she, you know, may, takes medications for it because she actually it's a chemical thing in her brain. You know, she her brain doesn't produce the right type of chemicals to keep her in a, you know, a, a even state. But at the same time, she's psychic as fuck. So 
you know, on one hand, she needs her medications, but then on, on the other hand, she has to have certain type of practices that keep her psychic abilities in check too, because that also triggers her depression. She can't be in certain environments. Sometimes she has to go out in nature, um, you know, meditation, journaling, you know, there's certain things that creating, writing, you know, there's certain things that she does that helps to maintain. So, um, you know, that's really, really important, you know, especially for those who actually have um, disorders where they have to actually take medications for it's a chemical thing. Because at that point, you can't help that. So then what you can do to support it is to actually have practices that will help ground you and keep you balanced. So that is it. Um, I think I've said a mouthful. <laughs> I've said a lot, an hour over an hour's worth um, of a mouthful, but um, an hour is funny. This was a little bit longer than I anticipated, but when I started going in, I started really going in. But it's mainly because I really need mental health to be a topic of conversation when it comes to spirituality, period. Um, it, it's a must. I need this to be a thing. And so with that being said, I really hope that you gain some insights and something from this episode, this unpopular opinion. If you see something in, in a, a practitioner or in a community that ain't right, likely it's not. You know what I'm saying? So don't question, like don't doubt your intuition or your, your discernment. You know, don't fall into um, group think, especially if, if the group is toxic, if it's a toxic group or a unhealthy or uh, mentally ill group. So um, that's it. That's all I got. I definitely appreciate you for listening in on this. Let me know what you think. I definitely appreciate you guys' input. Of course, if you guys want to reach me, um, you know, I have my contact in the description, you know, in, in the podcast, but um, therapeuticvibrations at gmail.com is my email if you want to reach out that way. I also have my website, B, the letter B, the vibe.com. And of course, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, chrysalis underscore sun. And that is it for this edition of the Unpopular Opinion. I hope that you all have a wonderful day, evening, whatever time you're listening to this. Be blessed, be safe, be prosperous, be healthy. And until next time, peace.